Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Welcome everyone back to A Little Better. Thank you for being here. And I got to say, we just had the most amazing countdown I've ever experienced to beginning this podcast. Drew, you you have a new calling and it I is crush that counting down from three. Amazing. Um, you, I've always wanted to be that guy on TV who, you know, it's not the guy on camera, but the guy who's like, three, two, one, you're on, you know? Or like they always, they count down and then like the last number they don't actually say. You know, it's like three, two, and then they point, you know, which all of this is lost on our listeners right now because they can't see us. But we have ignored the fact that we have a guest with us and we haven't even let him speak yet. Speak, my friend. Everyone say hello to Mark Nelson. What do you, what do you want me to say, Aaron? That's perfect. <laughs> like, That's perfect. <laughs> it's, it's really good to be here today, I think. <laughs> we are glad that you're here. And um, this is... Uh, I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag that today is Thursday. We record our messages on Wednesday um, in order to be prepared for everything over the weekend. We're recording on Thursday in preparation for the fact that this is Memorial Day weekend. So um, our staff takes Memorial Day as a holiday. So nobody's going to be in the office. We couldn't record. And well, nobody has been in the office for a couple months, but we're not going to be working. And so uh, we decided to do some pre-recording. But for Mark, this is this is just the same as recording on a Monday because it's the day after you preached. So this is you're feeling like it's Monday anyway. You look like yeah, you're floating, Mark. You look, <laughs> you look floaty a little bit. You feel good. It, it, it feels great. It's nice to, to preach, and it's really nice to be past the preach. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Hard to say. Um, so Memorial Day, let's talk about that for just a sec. What's what are your plans? What um or maybe even more importantly, what what's some memories from Memorial Day? How do you guys typically spend it? Yeah, I'll jump in. Um uh, man, we typically try to find uh someplace to go on a picnic. Um if you know, especially nice if it's beautiful out which it isn't always uh, here in Rochester. But um, yeah, so we will, uh, even with with everything, you know, with COVID and all that, we'll try to find some open places at a park somewhere and uh, hopefully be able to even join with my family from uh, a couple hours away, maybe meet halfway at uh, one of the state parks or something uh, in the Finger Lake area. Nice. So well, that sounds good. If my memory serves. <laughs> oh, I see what you did. No, what we always do. I mean, this has been a tradition since I was a little boy. Memorial Day is the opening of the lake at Cuca. So like, it's not like the official opening, but that's kind of what people say is like, it's that time where the season starts to begin. So um, we always go up to the lake for the weekend. And we, uh, one thing that I have to do, which I hate is we put the boat rail system in, which means I have to get, in the water. So oh, yeah. all the way into the water, <laughs> head underneath. And last I checked, the current read of Cuca Lake was 48 degrees. <laughs> Hello. That so, yeah. awesome. If I'm not preaching this next weekend, you'll know why I'm still in Cuca Lake because I'm an ice cube. frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothermia. Wow, that is cold. And Interesting. My goodness. If it's the official opening, it must not be because the the water's so warm. <laughs> well, it's because it's warm enough to like put your boat in, go on boat rides. You know, okay. it, 
And it's just the start of it, like the warmer season. That's sure. kind of what it is. It's definitely an unofficial start to summer. I, I agree with that. That's that's definitely a thing. Well, and, and the, we, the, the warmer season is so stinking short here yeah. that you've got to make the most of it. Yeah, and we established last podcast that we, did, we never had a spring. That's so right. we went from winter to summer. It's a beautiful Great. transition of the three seasons that we have. Fair, fair. Um, so I have, this is insanely off topic, but Drew, I've noticed a, uh, a verbal quirk of yours that I'm wondering if there's a meaning to it. When you talk about Cuca, you talk about going up to it a lot. And I'm wondering if, if that's like Jerusalem, you know how they always say like you're going up to Jerusalem, even if you're traveling South, you have to like ascend to Jerusalem. Do you see Cuca in your mind as being like on a, a city on a hill or is it just, you don't think about it? Well, I grew up in uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> we technically and geogra- geographically went up to Cuca. So we didn't sing song- songs of ascend or anything like that, but <laughs> we, we did go up. Now, obviously, I probably need to change. We're going to go down to Cuca, I think. Now it's just it's a verbal leftover from your childhood. We've all got plenty of those, so I'm not judging Speaking- that. Speaking of things going up, did you realize that the river that flows through Rochester is the only river in North America to flow north? What? Oh, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's the Hmm. only one that flows north. Fascinating. I feel like I need to Google that right now and see if Mark's lying. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's interesting. The Mississippi River runs north right through Rochester. The what now? The Mississippi, isn't that the name? Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. Uh, sure. Oh, okay, uh, shifting to more northern specific stuff beyond the Mississippi, although I guess our Rochester campus is pretty near the Genesee. But anyway, um, Drew, I've heard some rumor, I've, I've heard tell of some interns coming to town. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so exciting news. We thought during the COVID season that we probably wouldn't have interns, but um, we have... Uh, navigated to bring three onto our staff, which is a, a smaller number than uh, than usual, but we're excited. We've got a graphics intern that starts May uh, 26. We have a video intern that starts June 8th, and then we have a volunteer intern who's going to be doing the internship uh, as well. So three uh, youngsters that we're excited to bring on our team and, and allow them to influence our church in some pretty cool ways. That's awesome. awesome. And not all from here, right? Working remotely, one of them, right? One is from here and two are, uh, one's working remotely. So they're all kind of three different looking internships. One is coming here. Video is hard to do remotely. Um, so video will be here. Graphics is going to be working uh, from afar and one lives here. So Perfect. All three different situations. I love it. That'll be great, man. I uh, Every time we have interns and every time I've gotten to work with them, I know that one of the goals is that we help them develop, but I know that a lot of what we do is made so much better by interns. In fact, I'm, I'm fairly certain the podcast itself was an intern idea that was birthed out of the last year's interns. So cool stuff. Thanks, interns. Um, but Mark, you got a chance to speak um, on Second Peter chapter one. And I, I also heard a rumor that you can, you can expound upon that you used a different delivery method than normal. And it's kind of like a major deviation. Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it, it is. I tried something for the very first time. Uh, man, I don't think I've done this. I haven't preached this way 
since coming to Northridge. So man, well over 10 years, um, I used uh, not a manuscript for the first time, but I used just some bullets that I kind of sprang from. And that was a little bit uh, intimidating actually to try, um, but ended up being, I think it ended up working okay. And it, it gave me the opportunity to um, to be a little bit more freed up, I think, and to not, you know, maybe be as tied to normally what I'd be tied to the manuscript. So I think, you know, even just seeing how Drew um, has led us, you know, even as a teaching team to, to be uh, those that kind of, you know, are really aimed to speak from the heart. And I think that, man, that if, there, if there was any goal in this, it was really that, man, hopefully I'll just be able to, man, get triggered from different bullets on on the page rather than just really be reading paragraphs or even memorizing something verbatim, but rather just, you know what, uh, man, be moved by a truth, speak from that truth and hopefully allow God's word to be impacting through me in a more dynamic way. So, man, I don't know how, you know, it turned out people can judge for themselves, but I just, I felt pretty good about, you know, um, you know, at least trying that. And I felt like it came off. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Where does that stuff? What's that? I was going to ask you, Mark, do you think that's something you want to, after it's done and finished, you're like, okay, yeah, I tried that. It's, it's good. Let's mm-hmm. leave it there. Or are you going to try to create a hybrid of manuscript <laughs> flash bullets or? Yeah. Um, that, those are the exact questions I'm asking still. <laughs> I, 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 I found that even up to the very moment I preached it, I was still like wrestling, like, do I kind of go hybrid here? Do I add in some more manuscript? Uh, it's really just a matter of getting comfortable with it. Um, but I, I think moving forward, I, I think it worked well enough where I might want to try it again. And um, some of it too depends on like the nature or the the type of sermon that it is. I think if it's, you know, something really informationally heavy, it might need to be a little bit more manuscript. But if it's mm-hmm. something where it's a lot of stories and just opportunities to, again, spring from a certain thought, then I think, man, it makes a lot of sense to to try to be less tied. I love it. I would, I would second that that is uh, a a nerve wracking thing to do because I'm like you and I write it all out. So I would be terrified. Drew over there is memorizing all his nonsense, but we're, we're, (laughs) I'm over here trying to say something that makes sense that I can't without words. So good on you, brother. Good on you. Um, You're next. You're next, man. (laughs) I promise you, I will do it. But it will just, it will be approximately 15 minutes longer than I planned for it to be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the, to be glad I'm manuscript. See, that's the hard part is, you know, with such a specific time frame, when you free yourself up from the page, it's like, wait a minute, I'm going to go a little rogue here. Like, where am I going to land? And are they, how many people are going to be mad at me for going five minutes, 10 minutes over? Everyone. The answer is everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that, that is true. So Memorial Day weekend, you talked a lot about memory. And um, uh, by the way, with the memory game, nice, nice memory game. Mm-hmm. That was fun for us to get to play. I wonder what percentage of our church won. I personally started sweating and was immediately wanting to be competitive. <laughs> and uh, I, w- I also am wondering how many people just took a photo of the screen. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was like just take a screenshot and then I'll know. But um, on the on, on Memorial Day weekend, I'm always interested to know like what stories do either of you have family that served or that died in the you know in the line of fire in the United States military. I don't have any family members that I know of that died in the line of fire, uh, but I do have 
service servicemen. Um, my grandpa served in World War II um, and spent time in Japan. Um, my my father served in the Navy. Um, he was stationed in Pearl Harbor um, huh. l- long after the whole Pearl Harbor incident, but um, <laughs> still got to spend some time in Hawaii. Never saw battle. Um, did get seasick, terribly seasick, which is where I get my motion sickness from. So that's a little known fact. Um, but yeah, and I had some uncles that served in the in the Navy as well. Um, but yeah, no no one thankfully uh, lost their life in battle. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd fall in that same boat. Family members who served, but um, not that I know of anybody who has lost their life in in battle. Yeah, same exact scenario for me. I just always, you know, obviously Veterans Day, Memorial Day, different types of things. But I'm always interested to hear about um, family members who served. My grandpa was in World War II as well in the Pacific Theater. So maybe for all we know, Mark, our grandpas were probably hmm. friends. There's only about a million um, yeah. American <laughs> military <laughs> in the Pacific Theater during that war. So they probably were friends. Um, but anyway, I loved, dude, I loved your, your illustration and the blocks and how they built on each top of each other. And tell me more about like your argument related to them building thematically. Um, I, I think I've always seen that list as uh, semi-random. So hearing you uh, ascribe like a significance to their order was interesting. So mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. Yeah. And that's, you know, part of it is because of time limitations, man, really wanting and hoping to be able to get into more detail there, but realizing that, man, so many lists in scripture are truly random and they don't all contain something of a logical order, but then taking a look at the list that Peter presents us and seeing the language that's used there and the, the adding one to the next and the, I think just standing back and looking at the the stack of qualities and realizing um, this does happen in sequential order. And these are, these are qualities that build one on top of another. And certainly most clearly to see the foundation of faith being in place. And then as we get to, um, you know, grow in our lives as Christians, um, how nicely those qualities really do complement each other and really do serve as the basis for the very next quality that that God would have us add in our lives. So that's kind of how that played out. Yeah, that's good. And I I think the adding argument is strong. It, add to it this, then add, and and add to it this, and add to it this. Um, it doesn't say then, but at the same time, the fact that it's just in an addition language makes sense that it would be somewhat sequential. So. Um, how about knowledge being so low on that list? That's I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that that's really crazy to me as well because I I definitely grew up in a Christian church environment that man if if they if they elevated anything of importance it was learn your Bible you know learn God's word memorize Scripture which I think is all really important and good um, for sure but at the same time like I think in the process we really often unintentionally left out the importance of showing affection and truly, you know, being loving toward one another and, you know, all the other upper qualities on that stack. So I think that to maybe take a moment and really emphasize the importance of those qualities, as I think Peter does, um, I think is something that we really need probably in church world today. Yeah. Do you think knowledge gets in the way of action a lot of times, you know, just adding more knowledge, uh, to your, you know, trophy of your head knowledge versus sometimes it gets so complicated that it's almost like, it's like Peter is almost suggesting what James does of like being not only just 
hearers, but doers of the word. And like hearers, I think of like, man, they gather all this knowledge, but yeah. they don't necessarily live it out. Drew, I think it absolutely gets in the way because, you know, the reality is that all of us only have, you know, so much time to attribute to certain priorities. And so well, what are we going to do? We're going to choose to involve ourselves in the opportunities that come. So we could say, you know, I'm going to spend all my time just gaining knowledge. I'm going to I'm going to study the Bible and add more and more knowledge to the the truth that I already know and I already have a foundation of. Or the other thing I could do with my time, I mean, not that I shouldn't do any of that. Of course I need to, but I also, man, I need to make the priority of making sure that I'm, I'm in a group of other Christians, a small group where I can be uh, asked very personal questions and wrestle with how that truth actually is playing out in my life. Versus just the fact that I know it. Okay, how are you? How are you loving people? How are you becoming more godly? Show me how that looks in your life. Not just don't just tell me how many truths you know. So I do think that there's a lot of value in making sure that we don't just let that be head knowledge. Yeah. So let me ask you and Aaron a question. I, I think this is a good question. I think our listeners might might want to know the answer to this. How do you protect yourselves? How do you two protect yourselves from, you know? gaining too much knowledge which, without living that knowledge out. Cause I know Aaron, you're, you would tend to be a, a theologian. I, I want to read more. I want to collect knowledge. Mark, I would probably put you kind of in that same tier a little bit. Not I, I, that's a good thing, by the way, I'm not tearing you guys down at all. I just want to make that clear, but like you guys, you guys are too much garbage. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, you guys, tend, you, you guys are smart guys. It's basically, basically what I'm saying. And you're smart because you read a lot. You, you take in a lot. You've been to school. How do you keep that balance of, Man, I gotta know this stuff. I gotta spend time in, my, in in the word, but man, I gotta I gotta get out and do some stuff and 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 put this into practice. So, like, what, how do you keep that balance? Yeah, I'll let Aaron take a crack at that first. <laughs> <laughs> how gracious of you! Um, That's how smart I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I, I don't know that I've ever had to try to actively balance. Like, oh man, I could go serve my neighbors. But instead, I'm going to read this theology book. You know, like that that specific knowledge versus action dichotomy is not one that I feel like I have to actively fight. It's more about the fact that like I could allow myself to believe I'm fine because of how much I know and not evaluating my heart. So I've never, again, I've never had to actively, because even as somebody who likes to, you know, be nerdy and theological or whatever, I still have to fight to spend time with God and read my Bible consistently and all that kind of stuff. Um, even though I'm engaging with Bible stuff, material or, you know, worldview theology stuff all the time to like really spend time on my Bible. I have to fight for that too. So I've never had to tell myself like, yo, you have got to chill on the theology. What I've had to do is say, how's my relationship with my wife? Um, how engaged am I in community group? How, how willing am I to be honest and vulnerable with my struggles or, various sin struggles that I have identified as weaknesses. How am I doing in those areas? And if I can say like, oh, wow, I have, you know, six areas of primary weakness, five of them are all doing terribly, but my goodness, do I understand hermeneutics? You know, like I must be fine with God. Like if I, if I start to think that way, that's where I have to correct it. And um, yeah, that, that's probably where I, where I would say, I don't know that I have to actively stop myself from reading. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's, Drew, it's a great question. My first answer is I, I don't think I'm very good at it, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I, I really do. I really do um, 
struggle with, and I think, again, a lot of it because of, of the context in which I grew up, probably the way God's wired me, um, I, I really, I could feel just fine often if I, if I just hunker down and man, get, you know, get into books or um, get deep into study. But the reality is I've got to make myself get, uh, get away from my office. I've got to make myself get away from the desk and go interact with people. And I, and it's interesting because I don't hate that. Like, I, I feel like I'm a people person, but I just find that it's so I, the, the truth and God's word and all that's there to discover is so in, enticing and appealing that I love it. And I could spend time doing it uh, all day if I, if I didn't stop myself from doing it. So for me, it's about a choice. And then the other thing is, uh, man, really Northridge is only, is the only church that I've ever served at that, that has uh, a community group structure or a small group structure. Both of the ones that I served in uh, before Northridge, there was no uh, really encouragement to get into a uh, doing life together kind of environment. So man, for the last you know 10 plus years, Gretchen, my wife and I have been entirely blessed by uh, just the encouragement to, to you know, get into a small group of, of Christians that are asking the, the kind of questions that we need to be asked. And we're developing those relationships. That was, I was deficient of that in my adulthood for a long time before I finally got into a context. Now, that's not to blame those churches. That was all on me. I should have been doing that myself, finding that some way. But I'm just saying it's been a, an amazing thing to be a part of that. And so for me, I think the first answer is that community group opportunity where I can get into a group of guys or a group of families where we know each other better than, you know, only the Sunday morning casual encounter. And we can talk about truth in a way that is really impacting our own, our own lives and our own families. And what, what those environments do, at least for me, is they're just such a reminder of what real maturity looks like. Um, because somebody who might not impress in Sunday school with their impressive answers or their knowledge of the scriptures might in community group reveal themselves to be a, a great person of faith and character. But a person who sounds awesome in Sunday school and even as a uh, Sunday school teacher, you know what I mean? Like that really knowledgey environment, they can come across as incredibly godly and have super insightful answers from the scriptures. But then once you see that the way their life actually operates, you'd go like, whoa, I don't want to be like them at all, actually. You know, so the the kind of person who's a great Sunday school teacher might turn out to not be an incredibly godly person. And the other thing, but it's much harder to not be a godly person in a community group because you're actually going to have to share your life. And so the proof's going to be in the pudding. And, you know, all of a sudden you can't hide behind eloquent answers because... So for me, it's redefined real maturity to be able to be around Christians who might not have had theological training but my goodness, do I want a marriage like theirs? Or my goodness, do I want to raise kids like they do or something? Mm-hmm. So, and that's yeah, why that's this full stack of character traits ends up being so important because, you know, self-control and perseverance, which by the way, you're, I'll come back to it, but you're, the way you tie those two together, I think was beautiful. But like people in my group that have demonstrated tons of self-control and perseverance who maybe don't, couldn't exposit the book of Job from the Hebrew, but like they show the self-control and perseverance of Job. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not even sure I could do that. <laughs> well, I'm confident. <laughs> Just for the record. Oh, man. So, um, yeah. A little bit of knowledge goes a long way, though. That's right. Right. <laughs> self-control and perseverance, I thought that was like, oh, my word, so insightful. Just self-control is being able to control yourself to do the right thing. And perseverance is self-control over the long term or, or self-control under hardship. Um, mm-hmm. That's 
that was really profound for me. And one that I, I don't know that I've put those together in that way. Well, Peter put them together. So. <laughs> Are you trying to give Mark credit for something Peter did? Yeah. I was a little bit, I guess. Um, you're used to. I would. I would have taken credit for that, Aaron. Mark <laughs> won't. So you, you, he's a better man than I am. I'm like, well, yeah. So uh, yeah. Well, it was just something that really came to me in my study of the scriptures <laughs> while I was composing the Hebrew. Yeah, you're right. You know what I find um, interesting though on that list is that three of those qualities are a part of the fruit of the spirit that, that Paul gives us, you know? So if you think about goodness and self-control and love. Um, so, I, you know, what's interesting to me is, but Peter says, make every effort to add them. Right. So I think that's cool because what that teaches me is that, you know, because of God's spirit within me, he's going to produce those things in my life. Yet I still have responsibility to develop those habits, you know, um, that uh, puts that onus on me. I can't just say, oh, God's got that, you know, and he's going to develop that in my life. I still have some work to do. So I, to me, I felt like that was uh, it just kind of neat to see that the yeah. three of those qualities shared um, from the fruits of the spirit or fruit of the spirit. And I think what <laughs> is, I guess, a little discouraging about that is that the fruit of the spirit is already an intimidating enough list. And apparently it wasn't exhaustive because here's another list and it's not the same qualities, but they're all things that we need to make every effort towards. So um, I've never truly mature people. It's I've never encountered spiritually mature people who don't increase in their knowledge of their own sinfulness um, right. because the more you understand the scriptures, the more you recognize how much you don't reflect them. Um, Absolutely. And it, it brings with it a humility. Like I hope that as I age and hopefully become more like Christ, like someday I might be, uh, you know, as old as Drew. Um, and that's, I mean, I don't know if I'll live that long cause he's real old, but if I ever make it there, <laughs> I'm sure, um, as I grow in godliness, I hope I become humble. Um, and if I make it to the age of Mark, which is, wow. You know, no. antiquated. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, you, what you have modeled for us, Mark, is that journey of uh, continued maturity and humility. But this is a totally random sidebar. I just have to mention it. Um, speaking of maturity over years, producing humility. Ravi Zacharias, I feel like mm. I just want to give a quick shout out to that passing. What a legacy. Yeah, You know, I was reading a lot about um, him. And I think the one thing I like the most, like, obviously, there's a ton to read about that guy. But anybody who was close to him or worked with him, you know, sometimes you get like this celebrity status and they would say, you know, yeah, he had a public figure and then like a private, he was a jerk when he was private. Like everybody who worked closely with him, who was high up, low up, you know, whatever, they all said the same thing. Like this guy was the same on stage as he was off stage. And I just think that is a huge testimony to wow. like, he, he lived out the qualities that Mark taught us, you know, like he had those things that's what made him special to people. It wasn't his stage presence. It was the fact that he lived out the things that Peter tells us to live out. Yeah, that's impressive for sure. And, and by the way, what an indicator that knowledge doesn't have to puff up. Cause I mean, right. gracious, did that man know some stuff? <laughs> <laughs> knowledge like that with an accent like that is like, it's just, it's ministry gold. Right there. God, God <laughs> gave him a little extra. Let's be honest. <laughs> ministry gold. That's what I, was, what I mean. Like, that's, that's a good example because I think it could be easy for someone to listen to the, us talk and think, 
oh, those guys are just dogging knowledge. And if, you know, if they were smarter, if they had knew more things, they would know that there's nothing wrong with knowledge. And we're not, I, I, we, we need to be clear and say like, we're, nobody is down no. on you studying your Bible. Like, That's right. of course you should. And Ravi Zacharias is an amazing indicator of the fact that you can grow, you know, almost seemingly to an infinite level in your knowledge of the scriptures yeah. and God's world. Mm-hmm. And it not impact your ability to be pleasing to God. But so many people allow their increase in knowledge to be an increase in pride. They, they both need to be a parallel journey is kind of the way I look at it. It's like two things running together at the same pace rather than what happens in most people's lives is one outpaces the other. And that's where we get into trouble. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right, guys. And man, knowledge, man, and I hope I, I hope in no way that I, that I came across as, as causing it to seem like knowledge isn't important because it's extremely important. Every quality on that list is extremely important, but I do think, I do think the caution is good and it's good for guys like myself. It's good for, for those of us particularly who, who do love knowledge and love to, to discover more about, you know, what's, what God has revealed um, to us. Uh, I got to be cautious because man, I can, I can become that, that, prideful person if I'm not careful. Um, and I need to call myself to, like I said before, get out of the office, get away from the desk, go love people, go serve people. Because if I'm not doing that, then the knowledge doesn't really make a difference, you know, in, in the way that I like it, uh, the way, I, way that I live in the way that I love. Yeah. Your challenge to memorize the list, identify where I'm stuck was that that hit me, Mark. I think I would identify perseverance for me as the one where I need to really hone in on. Um, I might be okay at, from time to time at like controlling my anger or whatever it is mm-hmm. and like moments of glimpses of hope, but I don't have a track record that says like, oh man, I'm really, I've got, you know, years of, of growth here. So that's where I'm going to focus in on this week and hopefully spend some time trying to see if I can make this into my brain where I don't need that's a manuscript awesome. to read it off. <laughs> well, and I just, I want to give a nod to memorization too, because I, again, in all of this, I mean, I grew up memorizing lots and lots of scripture at a small Christian school. And uh, I mean, man, what, as I you know, sit here as an adult, what a blessing that is to have as a child memorized all that scripture that even today still continues to come back to me. So I would yeah. encourage, especially the young especially parents of young children, man, that's such an important thing um, that is an opportunity all of our life long, but really particularly in those younger years, um, use that memorization as a, as a great gift. Love it. Hey, Drew, we're kicking off a new series. What do we need to know next weekend as we wrap up? Uh, we're jumping into a marriage series. You know, <laughs> COVID has maybe brought some tension into some marriages. You know, you're spending a little more time <laughs> together, which can be a great thing. It can also be a detrimental thing. And so we're going to be talking about um, protecting the promises you made on that wedding day when you guys felt the love. But sometimes in marriage, you don't always feel the love. And so uh, we're going to protect those promises that we made. We're going to talk about four. I'm excited. It's going to be a fun, a little more light-hearted series. We just got done with Life of Matters, pretty heavy. So we're going to have a little more fun, laugh a little bit more. So um, make sure you're inviting Living Pie Square. Tell somebody about it. You know someone with a, a, a great marriage or a terrible marriage. Invite them to join us. Sounds good. Thanks everyone for listening. Mark, thank you so much for jumping in and we will hopefully see you all have a wonderful Memorial day, maybe get a little extra time with the family, even though you've had what feels like a lot, I'm sure. And we'll see you guys next weekend. Thanks for joining.